Hello, and welcome to episode 119 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Charlotte. And this week on the Disney Park Princess podcast, we are going to be talking about one of our favorite topics. Food. I was going to say, it's probably my favorite topic. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, food, cruising, adventure, but it's a couple, but food's way up there. Um, So this week we are going to be talking all about signature dining. This is sort of a nebulous category. (laughs) Walt Disney World dining, it changes and restaurants come on and restaurants go off. And of course, not all of them are open right now. It is what it is. But I mean, Uh, they still exist and they'll be open one day. So whatever. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, in the meantime, how are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Here. (laughs) Heather's having technical issues this week. So (laughs) off to a rough start around here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm in the middle of some sort of polar vortex windstorm, hoping that my power stays on long enough for us to get this done. So uh, most of my town is without power. There are trees down all over the place and roads blocked and everything, but knock on wood. Oh, that's Um, fun. (laughs) But in typical New England fashion, it was negative 10, I think, when I woke up today. And then tomorrow's going to be 50. So, you know. (laughs) No thank you to that negative 10. Uh (laughs) Kind of roll with it. Uh, all right, so we took a look for Disney Park news this week, and we really didn't come up with much. <laughs> nothing. Nothing nothing really new and exciting. So stay tuned, because we are going to get into today's topic, which is signature dining at Walt Disney World. Dining at Disney. Not something we enjoy at all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I get more excited about where I'm going to eat when I go to Disney rather like over what fast passes or where I'm going to stay. Like I just want to talk about the food all the time. Yeah. I wrote a blog this week about the 10 mistakes, you know, I've made at Walt Disney world so that you don't have to. And one of them was not making dining reservations. And I said, like, I've heard that there are people who don't really plan their trips around food at Walt Disney world. I guess that's a thing. (laughs) I don't know who those people are. And I don't know if I want to be their friends. If I, yeah, plan my trips around what I'm going to be eating so just me <laughs> well, to um, me, and you depends if, on the type of trip that that is though too like if you're going specifically more for food and wine festival stuff maybe you make less reservations um, yeah. excuse me I'm going to stop you right there though because even when I'm going for food and wine festival I'm still talking about what I'm going to eat for example yeah. oh yeah here I have printed the list of the DCA Taste of Disney event, and I am currently highlighting everything I will be eating when I hopefully get tickets. So all I'm looking forward to on any trip is the food. Yeah, that's funny. Charlotte, I know what you mean. Like you might you might have less dining reservations yes. on certain trips than on others. But what I was saying with the mistake was that I always think like I always think I can get away without any dining reservations. Like every once in a while, I'll be like, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to make any dining reservations. And then I get down there and then I have this insatiable craving for like the bread service at Sanaa or like a burger at Beaches and Cream. And then I can't get a reservation and I have to pout and, you know, yeah. so. See, I firmly believe you should make at least one or two reservations during your trip. Even if it's not like a dining focused trip, just make them so that you have them just in I mean, you got to eat, don't you? Like, I don't know. It, for me, the planning, half of the fun is deciding where I'm going to eat every day. Exactly. 
And if you've been listening to our podcast for a little while, then you probably know that every once in a while, Heather and I will be waxing rhapsodic about our favorite <laughs> restaurants. And you'll hear Charlotte in the background go, well, I haven't been there yet. So <laughs> I don't know how this has happened. But... <laughs> we're, we're, we're on a mission to fix this, but yeah. um, it well, happens the most often with the signature dining restaurants, hence the topic of the podcast. Yeah, I feel like I have been to a lot of restaurants, but not necessarily the signature dining because we usually had one restaurant that we would always go to on every trip. However, it is not open in the same way that it, it's open still, but now it's they've changed it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not actually sure if it's um, still considered signature dining or not, but I guess we'll find out when we go through All the right. list. We'll find out. So we're going to go through the list. We're going to do just a quick sort of overview, you know, of wh where it is, what it is, and if we've been there. Because um, God knows I have not been to all of this, all of these. <laughs> I don't know. Heather, have you been to all of them, do you think? I don't think so. Okay. I, don't think, I think there's a couple that I there's have not. There's a couple I know to. you haven't been to, but I think you might have been to certainly more I than. I love the signature restaurants, so yeah. like, I tend to eat at those most. So yeah. I've probably been to a lot, but I know there's quite a few. Like I can tell you right now, Citricos, I have not been to. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's start with the... Signature dining restaurants that are in the parks. And of course, the one that everybody knows about and everybody's heard about and Heather's already making faces about is Cinderella's Royal Table at Disney's Magic Kingdom, uh, located in Cinderella Castle. Yeah. I have been to this one twice. <laughs> we all have been, yep. I have not been there in a very, very, very no. long time. So very yeah. long time. opinions it's been a long like, time. Be very yeah. different. Yeah. I don't know. I think like... I, why it's quintessential Disney, right? Eating in the castle and I, the atmosphere cannot be beat, but also I think it's very expensive for the quality of food you get. So I don't know. I'm just, eh, there's better restaurants to me anyway in the Magic Kingdom. Right. Well, it depends on why you're going. Are you going for the food? Then you should go somewhere else probably. <laughs> but if you're going yep. for the, um, the characters and the experience, then absolutely you should you should go there. Why it's considered a signature restaurant if it doesn't have the best food, I don't know. But you know, just because it's a you know, uh, I, I think that one's a popularity vote, really. Yeah, but it, I don't think it's that it's not the most difficult reservation to get anymore. Not anymore. No, once upon a time, it sure once was. Once upon a time, it certainly was. But once yeah. the Air Guest came out, people kind of sort of forgot about Cinderella Royal Table, which I think <laughs> is weird because it's not at all not the comparable. same experience. Yeah. Like, just I, great. It's two castles, but it's not at all the same experience. So I didn't, I never quite got that one, but. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so that is the only signature dining restaurant at Magic Kingdom. Uh, then we move over to Epcot, which has three signature dining restaurants. Um, the first, of course, is Le Cellier. Ooh, this is Le where Cellier. I start making faces. <laughs> I used to love Le Cellier. I Once was upon a time, yeah. very firmly in that cult that adored Le Cellier. And I mean, the pretzel bread and the soup and, you know, back when I used to eat meat. Then I had just such an awful, like awful experience that I haven't gone back since. Mm. Well, uh, my brother still swears by this restaurant. He absolutely loves it. And I, again, have never been there, but I would, tr I would certainly try it if I, if I could, but, um, I've had the soup at the 
food and wine festival. So I think yeah. that's. I have never had a sort of terrible experience at La Cellier. I just got very annoyed over the years at the changes that they would make, at the winnowing down of the menu. And then once they switched to the same menu and same pricing for lunch and dinner, I was done. I'm all set. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> um, that's ridiculous, you know. Um, and I, other better steak houses have sort of risen to take the crown, I feel, from La Cellier. So... Yeah, I you mean, know. even when you're trying the steaks from the food and wine booth, they're not that good anymore. Like, it's yeah. really not that great. Yeah, they're they're fine. You know, I don't think they're bad, but I just feel there's other better options that we will get to on this list, actually. Uh, okay, so continuing around the world showcase going in counterclockwise. <laughs> so if we're starting in the Canada side, uh, moving on to the France Pavilion, you have Monsieur Paul which is also a signature dining restaurant. I have not been to this one. I have been to this one and it is phenomenal. It is really, really good. Um, it is more of a fancy upscale French. Like if you got to Chefs de France, like anybody can find something good there. Like it's just like comfort French food. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit more upscale. So like if you're really not into like fancy food, you might not like this one, but I thought it was phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Plus, it's really pretty. Like, it reminded me a little bit of, like, Versailles and that you're upstairs and it's got these big floor-to-ceiling windows and it's light and airy and it kind of has, like, you know, all the crown moldings and it's very ornate. It's just a pretty restaurant. Ooh. I, yeah, I've never even stepped foot inside it. So one of these days I'm going to have to check it out. But uh, And then continuing on along counterclockwise in the World Showcase, we come to the third which I don't think any of us have had a chance to get to yet, which is Takumitai, which is the new signature dining restaurant in Japan, which opened not very long before this whole mishmash. I feel like started. it only opened like a month or two yeah. before yeah. COVID shut the parks down. So I think Charlotte and I were like trying to like sneak peeks into the dining room or the menu right. or whatever last time. We couldn't get the, the door was locked, unfortunately, but um, it had not been open for very long at that point, I don't think. I really wanted to eat here. Like when they announced this, I was so excited because I love sushi and like I was just, oh, this is going to be amazing. And, you know, and then they released the price tag and I'm like, Ooh. Hmm. I don't know if it looks that good for that price tag because you can find really good sushi anywhere and it's not that expensive you know? yeah and i feel like it's not the the focus is like kind of sushi but also i feel like they were really pushing that wagyu beef concept like yeah. that's a big sort of differentiator and you know, between them and Tokyo. wagyu beef is incredible i had it at like legit wagyu beef not the stuff that they peddle here that you pretend is wagyu beef like legitimate wagyu beef i had some at uh, Victoria and Albert's once and it was mind-blowing like it's delicious but I'm still not gonna go to the sushi restaurant and have the Wagyu beef for you know that ridiculous price tag like it was a little too much for me yeah it's a lot it's it's it is a lot now I have seen some photos from people that have been there and the food looks beautiful it is that very formal you know Japanese plating which looks amazing um, and so, you know, I'm sure their argument is that it is as much the experience as it is the food, but not having gotten to eat there yet. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're just looking at a price tag for now. And ooh, it, it's pricey. Um, compare and contrast that with the signature dining restaurant at Hollywood Studios, which I know we've all been to. The Hollywood Brown Derby. Yeah. I love the Brown Derby. I really do. 
So I have not been to the Brown Derby since the lounge opened. <laughs> I know. Um, I re- I tend to just go to the lounge as Accurate. well. <laughs> but, um, the, because mainly what I would get at the Brown Derby is a Cobb salad, and you can get the Cobb salad at the lounge. Mm-hmm. But when I have been there and gotten other things besides the Cobb salad, it is really, really good food at the Brown Derby. I do enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say. Really, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's, uh, you know, it, and it's so interesting to me to make the jump from the price tag of Takumitai, which is like, I think almost 200 per person or so. I mean, it's yeah, really, it's really. way, way up there down to Brown Derby and have those both be the same category of restaurants is really fascinating to me. Absolutely. Especially like, um, so I have two things. First, I was going to say that like, even the, the lounge is not a signature restaurant. The food quality is still signature restaurant mm-hmm. quality. So like anything I get at the lounge too is equally as good as inside yeah. the restaurant. But as far as the price tag on Kumitai, like I, it's like it's trying to be a Victoria and Albert's level type restaurant with that price tag. And I feel like, okay, again, I haven't been, but just the, you know, you're now allowing children in if they want to come. It's in the middle of a theme park, the service level. Like, I feel like you're, the price tag is just a little too high for what you get in that particular restaurant. Yeah. I feel like they came in a little hot. Like, yeah. for mm-hmm. an unknown quantity, you know, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming in hot. <laughs> Especially how many people were eating at um, Tokyo Dining, which was the restaurant that w- kind of took over. Like, how many people were eating there? Like, I know I could always walk up to that restaurant when I wanted to. So, like, it doesn't seem like there's a big market at Epcot for all this fancy sushi Japanese type food. Everybody's going, you know, to the restaurant in the back where you can cook at the table. You know, everybody loves Tepanetto. So, <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with this one. Like, you know, mm. but whatever. Yeah. Um, the Brown Derby, I think, is a great signature dining option, you know. Yes, I, I, I love, and it's pretty inside, and I think mm-hmm. people kind of overlook it for what it is because it's not, like, ornate or whatever, but if you're thinking that you're supposed to be in 1939 Hollywood, like, it's it's right on point, and, and they, the Imagineers did such a good job with looking at photos of the actual Brown Derby restaurants here in L.A. where, like, it's identical, like, the, you know, the characters, caricatures that are on the wall – is because that's what was in the restaurant. Like they they've created it identically, and I just mm-hmm. it's so fascinating. Yeah. All right, and moving on to what is my favorite of the signature dining restaurants in the parks, Tiffins at Animal Kingdom. Oh, which that's so good. I loved Tiffins. I love Tiffin Tiffins. I feel like I was on that bandwagon before most people knew it existed. Like I think I was at that restaurant a week after it opened, eating there, and it like I love that restaurant so much. Yeah, yeah, I was late to the Tiffins game. I don't know why. I just, I remember when it first came out and I looked at the menu and I was like, eh, I don't know if there's anything that's super interesting <laughs> to me. And then AJ Wolf from the Disney Food Blog kept saying to me, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, you need to go track Tiffins. Yeah. Oh, she so was right. good. You know what I really love at Tiffins? Like, I, I, I love so many things at Tiffins, but in terms of atmosphere, I love that it is dark it is always quiet and like people are running past this restaurant on their way to pandora at any given time of day and you're in this beautiful peaceful quiet dimly lit air-conditioned atmosphere having a beautiful glass of wine you're like Mm -hmm. looking at this gorgeous art and and um 
gosh, why can't I think of the term? But like, like the research the Imagineers did and brought back mm-hmm. from Asia and Africa on their trips when they were planning Animal Kingdom. Um, even the menus, I love the menus. They're in these beautiful leather covers and they smell so good. Like it's just the right level of fancy. Like you don't feel inappropriate going in there in the middle of the day for lunch in your shorts and your tank top. But like it just it kind of elevates the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah. I, it's such yeah. an experience. Yeah. And just the food is amazing. The food is so good. Yes. Yes. They have a really great um, bread service there. And I will say it's not quite, you know, Sanaa level bread service, but it's delicious. Um, They have, if you eat meat, the ribs there, I remember tasting them. They were really good. Like they always have a great vegetarian option on the menu. It's so good. And they have the, if you drink wine, they have a huge wine list from, you know, Chile and South Africa and Argentina and a ton of different wines that most restaurants at Disney don't have. Yeah. Very cool. And so that does it. Those are the only signature dining restaurants that are in the parks. So then we move on to the resorts and I'm just going to start at the top because if I don't, I think Heather might jump through the. <laughs> so let's just start at the contemporary with. The best restaurant in the entire world, the California Grill. <laughs> and Charlotte, this is one of the ones you haven't been to yet, right? Yeah. Again, how are we friends? I, you've never taken me there. Um, yeah, I think that might have more to do with us, Heather, than it does to do with her. <laughs> I have not. I have not been there. I would love to go, um, but it's just one of those. It's just one of those things. Yeah, and California—that's that, another one I slept on for a really long time. Um, and, you know, and when I finally got there, I was like, "Well, God, I'm dumb. What <laughs> took me so long? This <laughs> restaurant is amazing." You know, um, and it again, it it hits the nail on the head on both experience and food. Now. Experience, not necessarily in terms of the restaurant itself, although it does have that whole sort of open kitchen, you know, very modern, light, bright. But the uh, for me, the experience of the restaurant is the view. That's really what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the experience. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, and I'm sure everybody who's listening does, but in case you don't, it's located at the very tip-top floor of the Contemporary, and it's basically 360 degrees of floor-to-ceiling windows, so you can look out over the Magic Kingdom, you can look out over Bay Lake onto Epcot, like, you can see all of Walt Disney World from here. Like, you can see into non-Walt Disney World from here. (laughs) So, you know, if you can go in and time your dinner reservation with sunset oh my goodness like I that to me is the most magical time of day there like I usually like to um in pre-covid times because you can't do this unfortunately now but in pre-covid times you know I would schedule my dining reservation for a little bit after sunset get there early and go up and sit at the bar and in the little lounge and just get a glass of wine and kind of just take in the atmosphere as the sunset and then you have you know and then the lights come up at the magic kingdom and then you can see spaceship earth light up and then they also have two outdoor viewing platforms that you are free to go in and out of at any given point during your meal if you just you want to take pictures you want to take in the environment and then of course when there are fireworks you can see fireworks from up there yep and they pipe the music in which is really nice also um, a fun little tip for everybody that you might not know is that even if you're not dining there 
during the fireworks if you've eaten there that day so say your dinner reservation is at 5 p.m but the fireworks aren't until 9 30 if you come back and bring your receipt from dinner that day they'll let you up to the viewing platform so you can watch oh. the fireworks from yep. the california grill without necessarily needing to eat at 9 p.m if that's not your thing yeah that's it that's interesting good to know yeah uh, all right, so that does it for California Grill. Now, this next one, I don't think any of us have been to because it's pretty brand new. This is Topolino's Terrace uh, over at Disney's Riviera Resort. I have not been there, and I did not realize that that was considered signature. I didn't either. I was surprised. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I don't uh, – I wanted – I almost made myself a reservation there my last trip in October, but I just – I don't know. There's something about the menu kind of holding me back at the moment. I'm not, I don't know what it is. It was just nothing really appealed to me. And it's pricey. It's pretty, um, it, it, it is pricey. I mean, it is signature giant, but it is, yeah, it feels pricey for being, I don't know. I know the Riviera Resort is not really out of the way, and yet it feels kind of out of the you way. You want to know somehow? why it's out of the way? I've had, I've actually been really thinking about this the past couple of days because I'm getting ready to start making my reservations for my October food and wine trip. And I'm trying to figure out where I want to stay, which is, of course, the beach club. But then I thought maybe I should do a couple of days at Riviera just to experience it and see. And so I've been to the Riviera twice now just to go and also mm -hmm. buy new eats that they have. Um, but the reason it feels out of the way is because of the Skyliner transportation. Mm -hmm. And now I know there's tons of people listening who love the Skyliner, but it's not that far from Epcot. It's maybe a quarter of a mile. If they had buses that could, or even if they were able to do a waterway somehow with a boat, I think you would get there a lot faster than the Skyliner. The Skyliner takes 20 minutes from the Riviera to the Epcot station and that's the next stop like it's just it takes a really long time using that so when you're comparing it to you know the boardwalk and the beach club which are legitimately right next to the resort it feels like it's a lot further away yeah yeah I would agree um all right so the Topolinos we don't have much to tell you about that because I haven't been there yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know people love the, few, the character meal, though. I was about yeah. to say, but that is one of the few signature dining restaurants. I think it might be the only one that hosts a character meal at breakfast. So, mm -hmm. Which I think is also what's stopping me from going because I don't love character meals. Not because I don't love the characters, but because I just want to eat. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to like, hey, let's pose for a picture. No, just leave me alone to eat my yeah, food. Yeah, but isn't it only character meal at breakfast? At yes. breakfast. Only at breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so moving on to Disney's Grand Floridian, which also hosts three of uh, the signature restaurants. Of course, there is Victorian Alberts. I mean, um, that's in a whole other level. Yeah. Whole other level. Yeah. And I have to say, I really love recently what they've done. I mean, it's been, it feels recent because I'm old, but in reality, it's been a long time <laughs> now that they've had like the Queen Anne room and like the sort of the, the like yes. those different sort of subsets of experiences that you can have at Victorian Alberts, which I really like. Um, and I think that's just a great option for people to have, you know, something in between the chef's table and just dining at the restaurant, you know, um, it, it is a five diamond triple A, you know, for like 26 years. Like in 20 a row. Yeah. And it uh -huh. keeps that designation for very good reason. Um, I think they're incredible and I can't wait to go back. I love uh, it. They also have Citrico's and Narcoosie's are the other two signature dining. I have not been to either of those. I have not been to Citrico's, which is located right outside of Victoria and Albert's. Um, 
And then that's another one. It's kind of like the menu that doesn't really appeal to me, which is weird because it's very heavily Mediterranean, just mm-hmm. a lot of what I eat. But I don't I don't know. I've just never gone. It's never been anything that's enticed me to go. But I have been to Narcoosie's about a billion and one times. And I, I adore Narcoosie's. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Even if you don't like fish, there's tons of other things on the menu. Oh, gosh. I just... And it's right on the water, so it's not located in the main building for the Grand Floridian. You have to kind of go outside the main building and walk down towards the boat dock, which means you get one of the most beautiful views of Seven Seas Lagoon and the Magic Kingdom. And then, of course, the Polynesian and the Contemporary. And when it's all lit up at night, it's gorgeous. And then you can also watch the fireworks from there. And I feel like it doesn't get as much love as the California Grill does, but they pipe in the music on their private um deck there too for you to watch yeah gosh the great floridian has a lot of restaurants they have a lot of restaurants yeah they do because oh, they've got those three and then 1900 park fair and the grand floridian cafe yep and their quick service one jasper lagrell yeah that's seven yep and then the um pool bar ish right kind of thing well yeah. i mean it is the flagship resort they better yep. have a lot to do there yeah they, yeah they just have a lot of restaurants i never thought about that really yep yeah um, I love the Great Lord. I yeah. do too. I really, I really do. do. Like it's, I got that, I got that email discount, you know, for previous Grand Floridian guests that's floating around out there. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> maybe. Uh, all right. So next up is Flying Fish. That is over at Disney's Boardwalk. Charla, uh, you t- Charla's been to this one. I was about to say, maybe Heather don't. <laughs> we went to this one, but maybe Charla should talk yeah. about it because I hated it. <laughs> I lo- I really loved it. I thought we had a great time. Um, the service was excellent. Uh, we- I had uh, probably scallops because I get scallops at almost every seafood place. Um, and I-, I loved my meal and I thought it was really, really good. So I have no complaints at all. Um, yeah. I. I probably, honestly, if I was categorizing it, I think I would have said not, I would not have called it signature dining, Mm -hmm. but I don't have any complaints myself about the actual meal or the service or anything. It was excellent. So I will say that the, because they just recently in the last couple of years underwent a refurbishment and it's beautiful. Like it's really bad. Beautiful, beautiful design. resort or so uh, restaurant. Um, and the service was fantastic, you know, and like you can't really beat the location if it's right on the boardwalk. So if you're staying in that area or if you're at Epcot, you can walk right to it. It's really nice. But I had a terrible meal. The food was so awful. <laughs> like it was just it was really bad. So I don't know if I'll be back. I probably will go back again eventually. I'm going to give it some time and we'll see if they have done anything better with it. And they, and they bent over backwards trying to make it. Oh yeah. No, the service was great. It's the food was terrible. So, but if I'm going to a signature restaurant and paying prices like that, I want a good, that's why I like signature restaurants is because you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to get a really fantastic meal and they just didn't deliver. Yeah. Yeah. All right, up next over at Animal Kingdom Lodge is Jico. I love Jico. I was waiting for it. I, was just, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> I have been to Jico, um, but it has been a long time. But I have been there, so I enjoyed it. Jico used to be one of my go-tos. Like, I was yeah. there 
all like every trip I almost every trip I was at Jiko I loved it and I think that some people are hesitant to eat there um because the menu is you know it's a little different it's not just steaks and whatever it's you know there are steaks but they tend to lean more with spices toward from Africa and, and everything just seems a little bit more exotic like I one time I was there this was a long time ago because I was still eating meat um I had uh grilled ostrich or I guess seared ostrich for my appetizer and I hate ostriches so I'm like I'm gonna eat you jerk you're <laughs> awful Uh, it was was very personal I just never trust an ostrich um but like everything like their menu is a little different and so I think people tend to shy away from it which I I really wish you wouldn't because the food is fantastic it's beautiful restaurant like the the level of detail that the Imagineers went to is just everything and then again if you're really into wine they have the largest collection of South African wines outside of South Africa so it's just to try something new and, and, and in an elevated atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Um, Very good. And then last but not least in the resort category is the Yachtsman Steakhouse, which I love. And that's at Disney's Yacht and Beach Club. I'm a big carnivore. I think it's one of the best steakhouses on property and it's so much better (laughs) than La Cellier, like world's better. See, I've been to Yachtsman once, but it was after I stopped eating meat. So, like, the main part of the menu was kind of lost on me. I know I had their mac and cheese there, and I thought it was good. But I did try a piece of somebody's steak, and it just felt very, very, very salty to me. And I love salt on my food. So, I don't know if it was an off night or whatever. But I was like, eh, I don't need to come back. But I'm also not a carnivore anymore. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I I haven't eaten there, but I did eat... Um, at the what is the name of that bar that that's so good, the Ale and Compass, and so we had some of the little bites that you can get there, and I thought it I thought it was very good. My question about like Yeltsman Steakhouse compared to La Cellier is, I wonder if it's a convenience thing for people. You know, they just think, well, I'll be in Epcot, why don't I eat here at La Cellier versus going out and having to leave. My personal theory on La Cellier is it became a victim of its own success. It is a small restaurant with a very limited number of seats per night, right? You can only seat so many people in that restaurant. It once upon a time was very popular and back in its heyday did have good food. So it became a hard to get reservation, which gave it a certain cachet. So now everybody's like, oh, everybody's talking about La Cellier. I got to try it. 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 It gets harder and harder and harder which makes people think, oh, this must be a really good restaurant still. And they rode that train. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah, well, I maybe think you're exactly same, right. That could be the same with Cinderella's Royal Table. Oh, I think it's exactly what it is with Cinderella's Royal Table. Or, yeah, it's just yeah. the cachet of the name. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, these restaurants kind of become like a cult favorite. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, and there's Disney message boards and websites and now with social media and everybody oh, goes, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it became a thing where like I have to eat where everybody else eats. And so now that they have these reputations, I feel like they're not really kind of going. I, but but the same could be said for California Girl and that they still are on top of it. And the food, I don't feel, has declined. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, All right, so then that brings us to our last official on-site 
signature dining restaurants, which are the Disney Springs locations. And this list made me laugh because I had no idea half of these <laughs> were considered signature dining. <laughs> so I'm just going to read through them all and then we'll break it down from there. So Boathouse, Haleo, Paddlefish, STK Orlando, Morimoto, and Wolfgang Puck are all considered signature dining. Okay. See, I feel like, oh gosh, I've that's- Morimoto. This is hard for me because none yeah. of them are Disney restaurants. So for them to be considered sign Disney signature restaurants, I don't know. I think it's really just celebrity chefs. That's my opinion. But I will say STK is, you know, more of a luxury steakhouse kind of brand. Not luxury, but I guess more of like a, a it's modern a steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's a modern, yeah. Um, you know, because it's a chain all around the country. Haleo, I haven't been to, but we went to the window there, Sarah, you and I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did not enjoy that oh no no that was not Haleo's window oh it wasn't that was uh no that was the um Rick Bayless's uh Frontera Cucina window okay. that we okay. went never to never mind yeah. scratch that um and then Paddlefish I have been to it was good um I don't like Wolfgang the, Puck. I mean the, I enjoyed my boathouse I is don't Wolfgang think Puck's it's dining room even still there the dining room is the um Wolfgang Puck Express is gone Express, yeah which I had I been to the Express, the... but I have not been to the dining room. I've I have been, not been to the dining room. room, I mean, years and years ago, and it was good. I wouldn't yeah. call it a signature restaurant, but. Yeah. yeah. I and I, I mean, I think Boathouse is a fine restaurant. I would not call it a signature dining I restaurant. I just like Boathouse intensely, and I do not understand why people are obsessed with it. Yeah. I, don't I, just, think I said it. I said it. I don't think it's that good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it's fine to me, but it. I think it's got a beautiful, um, Fine, that's all I got. <laughs> a beautiful atmosphere. And like, I would certainly go back and sit at the outside bar on, um, you know, on the lake there and, and watch the boats and the people go by, but I would never go back for a meal. Like I just, it's not that good to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I like, but I was like, I was like, really? Boathouse? Really? Haleo? Yeah. Really? Like, it was, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, mm. we're trying to find a place for our april trip and i've been looking at a couple of options and that's how i found out haleo was a signature restaurant because mm -hmm. i didn't think it was and then i started looking at the menu and i was like oh <laughs> this is pretty pricey uh so I, we may or may not eat there we haven't decided where we're going to eat yet so hmm. yeah. yeah and then there are three off i consider them off-site although technically they are located on walt disney world property but they are um, Kappa, which is at the Four Seasons Resort, Il Molino, which is at the Swan, and then Blue Zoo, which is at the Dolphin. Todd English is Blue Zoo at the Dolphin. Okay. So those are the three that are technically considered signature dining. Um, I have not been to any of them. <laughs> I have been to Il Molino and also Blue Zoo, and both of them are phenomenal. They're really good. Um, I like Blue Zoo. It's a, a seafood restaurant focused restaurant and what i really like about them is they have these really creative cocktails um so like i remember one time i had something called the bazooka joe and it was some type of martini but like they dissolve like a bazooka joe like comic in your drink and then they have other ones that smoke so like they were kind of doing like funky stuff like that with their cocktails before other restaurants were um and il molino is a very small chain of Italian restaurants from New York City. So you should actually just go to the right, the original in New York, because I grew up going to the original one. Um, but they moved what they opened one in the Swan. And it's delicious. Like, you know, you like the big Italian portions, and they have really good veal salt and buca that's delicious and like great pasta and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. I feel like I've been to the like the bar area at Blue Zoo for before some before some event one time, but I don't think I've eaten there. Mm-hmm. And we've but. seen Kappa. I think we did a tour of Kappa one time, um, but we didn't eat there. Um, Maybe, yeah. Oh, you guys, oh, no, that was, a, you know what, that was the trip you guys weren't with me. So I've seen Kappa. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I haven't seen Yeah, it. I've seen Kappa. Uh, I was doing a tour of the Four Seasons Orlando. Um, and I feel like I would like to go over there and, and eat, but it's just, like, if I'm not renting a car, how am I getting myself there, you know? I would like, well, I'd just Uber it, but I, uh, yeah, I have to say, uh, Four Seasons, I would love to stay at the Four Seasons for a trip. Um, it's a really, really beautiful hotel. Um, sure. Yeah, and Kappa has a great outdoor balcony um with a good view of the magic kingdom so nice nice yeah nice. and that does it that's those are the signature dining restaurants as of today march 2nd there could be a new <laughs> one in about an hour 2021 yeah. <laughs> most i should say most of these are currently um closed something like 75 percent of the list is is currently closed don't worry california grill still open everyone <laughs> yep, California Grill is open. Topolino's is open. Cinderella's Royal Table, I think, is open. I think Tiffin's is open too. Le Cellier, yeah, Tiffin's Brown Derby. Yeah, I think all the ones that not uh, Monsieur Paul might not be, and Takumatai might not be, but mm. the other ones all are. Um, Topolino's is open, and the Disney Springs. I think most of the Disney Springs are open. Yeah. yeah. I know Haleo is open because I, I was looking at that the other day. So. Yep. Yep. I mean, so. I would encourage everyone, like, if you're not really, you know, you don't tend to do the signature restaurants on your next trip, pick one and do it. Just make it a nice special dinner where you're, you know, you're not going to be in the park until midnight. Like, especially now where the parks are closing a little bit earlier. Like, maybe you take one night and you go. It's not, you don't have to get super fancy. Like, you know, you just put on, like, a nice dress or some slacks and go and have yourself a nice dinner because I swear it will convert you and you'll never want to not <laughs> a signature restaurant again. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think, you know, the food is just so good at some of them, you know. And, and I think people get scared away by the price tag because they are pricier, but they're pricier because in general, the food is better. It's a better quality. Mm -hmm. You're getting a higher level service. You know, the, the atmosphere is a little bit elevated. So yes, it is going to be more expensive than say, you know, going to Mama Melrose or whatever it may be, but you're going to get a heightened experience. And just think like one night on your trip, you're treating yourself, right? Like this is our little bit of luxury. We're going to have a nice dinner. Yeah. All right. I I want to say, I want to say one thing about the service at these restaurants. Um, so back when we used to go to Artist Point all the time when it was a signature restaurant. Oh, all right, we, Pete, Artist Point. I know. Um, and they, it's still Artist Point. It's just now there's a character meal at dinner, and it's just different. It's a different experience altogether. And I will admit I have not been since they changed it. But it's the place that we like to go all the time, which is why we have not been to a lot of these <laughs> other ones. Um, but there is a server that we would request every time we would go, and he wasn't always there. But you you have like career wait staff at these at these restaurants they are some of the most amazing servers you'll ever have and yeah, they're the part, best of the best yeah and yeah. that is part of it so i don't know if i don't know if he's still there because you know again they changed it all and everything but you you come to see if you go to the the restaurants a lot you come to see the same people and they may not recognize you from trip to trip, but they know that you requested them. And so that's, you know, I feel like you get even better service if you do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If you could pick one 
signature dining restaurant to make a reservation at for tonight. Oh, why don't you make it harder? California Grill. <laughs> <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> Charla, how about you? Do I have childcare? So it's just adults? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. Okay. Then I'll, for the, you know, for us, let's say it's for us for tonight. Where would you want to go? You know, I, I would go to, and, and you're paying for it. So I'm going to go to Victoria and Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I like she threw that in right before her yeah. answer. Like, oh, too late. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I can go to most of these restaurants. Um, you know, with, with my daughter, but I can't go to Victoria and Albert's. So yeah. I'm going to say like, if it's the three of us right now, let's go to Victoria and Albert's. Yeah. I would probably pick Victoria and Albert's also. Yeah. yeah. Just it's because it's just the most, I think of all of them, Victoria and Albert's is the most special. Yes. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for episode 119 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. Uh, coming up on our Patreon Extra, we are featuring one of our Patreons. Angela joined us. Um, this was her idea. She thought it would be fun to sort of, you know, feature, um, you know, a, a different Patreon at times. And then they could ask whatever question they wanted and we would give them our answers. And so um, that's coming up. And her question was about uh, when to take her family to Walt Disney World, um, you know, given the ages of her children, because she has a soon-to-be kindergartner and a soon-to-be one-year-old. So Charla and I helped her out with that. Heather was not able to join us, unfortunately, because Skype was not my being, friend. Being a <laughs> so now I have to go um, into Patreon and listen with all of you. <laughs> uh, next week, we are going to be doing another listener Q&A episode because no sooner did we finish recording last week than we got like four more <laughs> in our emails <laughs> or posted on our in our Facebook group. So uh, that is going to be coming up next week. So thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Be sure to join our Facebook group. Um, please support us on Patreon. That is what helps pay our bills and keeps us coming back to you every week with, you know, all of this content. You can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess. And of course, don't forget to check out our website at DisneyParkPrincess.com. Thanks so much. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.